We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So glad to have you. It's Friday. You've made it to the end of the week. So this is a fun one. It's always fun when Charles Barkley gets involved in uh, some of the big stories in yeah. sports that have nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> oh, it's the best. When Charles opens his mic, it's fun already. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. So, of course, Barkley is, you know, gets asked about Auburn quite a bit. He's uh was on a show called Next Round Live, and beyond just Auburn, he had a prediction for another team in the SEC. What I'm telling you is I think there's going to be a shocker firing in the SEC <laughs> And I, I know for a fact that they're probably going to go out to Dion. I know wow. that for a fact. Hey, and I'm not going to be shocked if A&M fires Jimbo Fisher. Charles been <laughs> just freeze. No, he's blinking. I can see him blinking. He's, <laughs> he's not answering. He's not answering. I didn't say a word. Okay. okay. <laughs> Can't imagine Jimbo Fisher probably found that very funny. But Charles talking with a lot of authority there, Perloff, when yeah. he says, I know for a fact they're going to go after Deion Sanders. I know, but it's Charles. It's college football. Why is it I can't take this that seriously, Maggie? Help me out here. Can we read into this? What can we make of First of all, we know the reason that they might not fire Jimbo Fisher is the money. They have, yeah. They're on the hook for a lot. Like a $85 million buyout. Yeah, also they have a lot of recruits that committed to Jimbo, and maybe it's complicated, and Dion brings his own recruits. But well, I that don't happens know why. when any coach gets I feel fired. like it's less likely that Dion is going to be at Texas A&M after Charles Barkley says that. And I never saw that. That is not the school that we all thought. We all thought it'd be Auburn, maybe Georgia Tech, Maybe, I don't know, some some other – Texas A&M, Dion, Mr. Florida football. Is he really going to come into Texas? Well, I mean, would he really go to Alabama? Actually, I actually mean, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I yeah, forgot about right, that. Right. He does yeah. have a connection. Very popular <laughs> yeah. in that state. Um, so here's the thing. He can't be talking about Auburn because they already fired their coach. Right. So, like, that – the Brian Harson firing happened over a month ago. Yeah, everyone is assuming it's A&M. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's – you know, Eli Drinkwitz. I don't think that that's what the shocking firing well, is going to come from. I don't I think don't he's going to Maybe Ole Miss fires Lane Kiffin because they know he wants another job. I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Then you got to pay him the, well, I mean, you have to pay him a buyout anyway. Florida uh, just hired Billy Napier. Obviously, Kentucky is desperate to hold on to Mark Stoops. I yeah. don't know where else this job would be. No, and also one that would like be so shocking. Yeah. You know, what has A&M lost? Five in a row um, at this point? So, I don't know how shot it'd just be about the money, but hasn't A and M shown over and over again that money's no object there? Uh, I I don't know. I'd like to. That's another one, and I could be wrong. Yeah, I'd like to bet Jimbo Fisher is the coach at A and M week one next year. I don't want to take that bet. I just think he's going to yeah. be, and I think it it is the money. I mean, listen, I've been totally wrong about this, but it is a ton of money. And Jimbo, yeah, it's a bad year, but he has had success. He's not some guy out of nowhere, and he did recruit all those dudes. I'm sorry, they've lost six in a row. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. It's bad for college football. Wait, why <laughs> Why is it bad for college football? <laughs> to lose six games in a row? Oh, no, it's bad for It's not sport. bad for the entire state of college football. No, 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 just, no. I'm saying, like, you might be able to weather the storm if, you bore, if you're in the NFL or yeah, something yeah. like that. But No, no, you, you definitely don't want to drop six in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're one and six in the conference, that's not where you want to be at three and seven overall, but... Um, especially to watch Brian Kelly come in and have all this success in his first year at LSU. Now he's at the top of the SEC West, and you're literally at the bottom. Can we hear one more time the Charles report? Just listen to it, and does this sound like something that's going to come true the way he says it? What I'm telling you is I think there's going to be a shocker firing in the SEC, and I, I know for a fact that they're probably going to go out to Dion. I know wow. that for a fact. Hey, and I'm not going to be shocked if A&M fires Jimbo Fisher. 
Charlton just freezed. No, he's blinking. I can see him blinking. He's he's not answering. He's not answering. So here's the thing. Do you think that Charles is one of those guys who, you know, like everyone's got their quirks of like um, things they say all the time? Yeah. Do you think one of his is I know for a fact? Because when you say I know for a fact, that's not something I would toss around. (laughs) Yes, I think exactly. I I think that he was saying he was probably has a friend who's high up in the SEC at an SEC school. And there's probably a lot of speculation going around that Jimbo is going to be fired, but it's just speculation. I didn't take this report to say that he knows for a fact that this guy, <laughs> yeah, I don't I buy it. For a fact. I know for a fact doesn't mean I know for a fact in this. In my opinion, <laughs> this is not, you, he really knows for a so fact. So you think that when Charles Barkley says, I know for a fact, it really means in my opinion. No, I think it means. Because <laughs> that's no, a I, big leap. I mean, I think it means he heard from somebody else that that person thinks this is what's going to happen. Okay. I also, mean, why? Okay. Dion said, what is going to happen with Dion? Because Dion has not said he wants to take one of these major, major programs. Why, why does he just go straight to Auburn? Why isn't he going to Georgia Tech? Why is there so much mystery about him? I feel like these schools should start offering him the job now. This is really smart by Dion. I think he's playing this perfectly. First of all, you're still in your season. So you don't want to start doing that. I don't think this is, I know Deion Sanders had the reputation of being the most like, look at me guy. But I think as a coach, you probably would think like, listen, there's a time and place for this. Let's keep it about the season. Get out of here. No, I know. 60 minutes three weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) He's as look at me as he's ever been. 60 minutes. I mean, that's a little bit different. Yeah, nobody watches that anymore. No, I'm just saying, (laughs) I don't know of how many kids on the team are watching 60 minutes. Right, but you cannot possibly say that. demographics like pickleball. Dion is still the most look at me coach in the entire Division One. Even you're saying he's he's hardly slow playing anything. That's not Dion's style. No, I think that it's after the season. Maybe it starts to pick up. But again, we've yeah. got open recruiting windows are going to be starting here. The transfer portal opens back up what December fifth or something like that. Um, so they he you know obviously the big recruit was Travis Hunter. Yeah, the cornerback maybe all around player. I think that is something, I don't know if he's going to leave Jackson State, but that's something that schools are going to be looking at. Hey, Dion, you're coming here. Are you going to bring your players? Which is unfortunate for Jackson State. Hopefully for that program, that's not what happens. Well, and then there's his son also, Shador, has yeah. 31 touchdowns, five picks. He's a sophomore quarterback. So, like, does well, he, bring- he He started at Texas A&M, though. That's why I was actually wondering that. If Dion's the coach, he will. <laughs> Just I mean, going out on a limb. They have I mean, a five star. 71 of his pa- 71% of his passes. I mean, he's. He's actually a legit quarterback. I don't think he's just Deion Song. Right, but it's against that that level of competition. Does that translate to the SEC? I, maybe it does. Maybe he wants to find out. I mean, they have Connor Wegman, right, who was one, two, or three in his class. I don't know why he's not starting there every game. They do have some they have some players there that are be hard to. They have four and five stars everywhere on that that team. So I don't know how many more players you need. That's not the problem. I guess I just wonder, like, what's the rush here for Dion? Maybe it's his son. If he wants to coach his son at SEC school, maybe, but. Like, he can afford to wait. He doesn't have to take the first job that's open to him. He can wait for what, I, almost any job that will be available, I feel like, would would love to have Dion. Yes, I agree with you. I think that he, everyone would want to go after him. And I think that, I wonder if, if he just ends up waiting this out and trying to wait until FSU opens back up. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't know that every school wants Dion because I think some schools would wonder about how long does he want to be here. Say, Say a school like, I don't know, Colorado. I'm not sure they would want Dion because they would think Florida State's looming out there. I don't think they're getting an interview. No offense to Colorado. Yeah, probably not. I mean, Colorado's not a small program. No, it's not a small program, but do you see Dion Sanders leaving the South? 
Yeah, probably not. But that uh, example, I do think there's some schools, Nebraska, it's probably not going to be that interested in Deion Sanders because they probably think, you know what, he probably wants to be at Florida State or the SEC. Do you think that Deion Sanders would laugh on the phone if Nebraska called? What do you, what do you, what do you laugh? Uh, I don't think he would laugh in Nebraska. So he might laugh at Colorado, though. Yeah. Nebraska Colorado, at least actually. has a pedigree in national titles and things along those lines. Nebraska's a big NIL school, too. They have a lot of money floating around that school. I mean, the coldest, whatever his last name was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who was doing the refrigerator commercials <laughs> or whatever? Yeah. No, that Coldest was Crawford. That I was mean, also, too, one. Nebraska got Scott Frost. Scott Frost was starting to get a lot of offers, too. I, I think Nebraska, yeah. yeah I and it crashed body. and burned there. I yeah, mean, but that's not a program that is picking from the bottom of the barrel for coaches at all. They'll probably have a lot of choices, though. Uh, okay. Are we ready to do I Got Five on it? Ooh, okay. So this Are you is ready a, or are you not ready? I'm I'm still mulling. I have a thought. Okay. I've got a thought too. All right. Why'd you go first? Because I'm still working mine out. Okay. Um uh, my I got five on it, which is when Perloff and I both pick an outright college football upset. This is not against the spread. Just take an underdog. They've got to win outright. We bet five dollars on it on DraftKings. You know, we talk about how West Virginia is a tough place to play. I think I'm going to take West Virginia over Kansas State. They're a seven and a half point mm. underdog right now. And obviously, you know, K-State had some issues with the quarterback. Uh, I like Will Howard a lot, but um, I'm wondering if that's going to be an interesting place to play. Maybe West Virginia pulls an upset. Okay, so speaking of Texas A&M, I don't have a lot of faith right now in, in A&M. Now, unfortunately for this segment, they play the UMass Minutemen, who I do not understand why they are playing Texas A&M, unless I'm misreading this. Uh, and I got a 33-point 30, spread. So it's going to be really hard for me uh, to take the Minutemen. I didn't even know they were still in Division One. Uh, how, how much is UMass getting paid for that game? It's UMass, right? Help me out. Like, yeah. I have the it right UMass. UMass. It's UMass. Yes. The heck no, is there's U- another UMass. What is UMass <laughs> playing Texas A&M for? I saw this on the schedule. I'm like, wait, this because is they're getting paid like uh, probably two million dollars to come down there and lose. Why? You know how this why works. Why is A&M scheduling a team from Springfield, Massachusetts? <laughs> there's got to be seventy five thousand other easy wins. Uh, okay, I'm going to take NC State plus four at Louisville. Don't feel great about it, but there's a lot of lopsided spreads. It's one of those weeks. Yep. Uh, NC State, and this is partly because I want them to bolster their resume. So they can get help get North Carolina or Clemson <laughs> into the Final Four. You giving Kansas a shot against Texas this week? Oh, definitely. I one. looked at that one. Te- Kansas you know. is a nine point underdog. They host Texas. I, I hope that, that, I like that one too. Texas has gotten way too many points lately. I love Sark and I'm rooting for him. I looked at that one, but you know what, Texas? How about that? How about Utah, Oregon? By the way, Oregon's a two point dog. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Now, what did last week's game take out of them, Is I think, is a good question. No, maybe they rebound. Yeah, maybe they know? rebound, or maybe without the Final Four, it's a carrot at the end of it. Uh, Got another one for you. This yeah. is a spread that seems a little bit, it's just interesting, you know, where Kentucky, you know, where we're talking about Will Levis, and we're talking about, you know, yeah. is he going to be the number one pick in the draft next year? Well, after some hard times, they're hosting Georgia this week. Yeah. Do you want to guess what the spread is on that? 24. 23. Yeah. That's Yeah, no, it's That's a lot. It's one of those <laughs> Not what I would have expected when we were interviewing Will Levis uh, 2 months ago. The NFL is going to have to decide is production on the field this year matter for him. It, I don't think it really does, 
but it's definitely not good. I was I was thinking the exact same thing. It's like, what do you do with Will Levis with these losses? Like, how do you justify yeah. taking him number one overall? You look at Buffalo and you say, Josh Allen's junior year or whatever senior is last year there was terrible. Yeah. He lost all his receivers. You look at Jordan Love. Jordan Love's junior year was an utter disaster from the day he stepped on the field. But that's what happens. Just the team around you stinks. And Kentucky, it's easy enough to believe that Kentucky doesn't have a good offense around Will Levis, right? I mean... What has a Kentucky offense done since Tim Couch left there? This is this a defense-first team. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't excuse losing to Vandy. No offense, I, Vandy. Be, look at, uh, you, want, you want to look at one that will confuse you? Look at Anthony Richardson's oh, stat line. Uh, how do, what do you even do with that on draft day? I mean, he's his his tools. I mean, same with Will Levis. They they both have incredible tools, but how do you how do you explain some of these terrible games? Yeah, all tools. And the the I said this before. The exact opposite. Bryce Young, no tools, no physical tools. <laughs> right. he, he's Worried built like he's gonna stew. get hurt. Yeah, he's built like stew, <laughs> and all he has is success and poise. Even with these two losses, he's been amazing in every game. He has so much poise. He just finds a way to make plays, but he doesn't. He's not big. He's not strong. He doesn't have an arm like Richardson or Levis. He does have an arm. But it's funny how different those two players are. And I think we're going to spend most of the spring debating what's important for the NFL. Do you you think that Bryce Young right now would be the number one quarterback taken? I think so. Uh, well, yeah. So I keep hearing C.J. Stroud is not viewed as a number one overall kind of type of guy. I think that he, unfortunately, the Ohio State quarterback thing. You know, it ha- it's not fair. By the way, Justin Fields is now one of the most exciting quarterbacks to watch. So maybe he's the one who's going to sort of break that um, reputation. Yeah, I, that's not what I'm hearing about. It's not the Ohio State thing. I'm just not sure. But then again, it's it's November. Who knows? Uh, what are you but, hearing? Well, I saw, I did notice that CJ Stroud has fallen on a lot of the uh, draft boards. Ah, got it. Yeah, so... I, I don't know. His production is good, but you're right. It's the offense, and I don't know if people think he's ready for the NFL. Interesting. Love to know what you think. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Who would be the first quarterback you would take if it was your team right now? College quarterback, of course. Coming up, fans booing at Lambeau last night. Will the Packers bench Rodgers for Jordan Love? And will Rodgers be a Packer next year? We'll get to that in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, holiday triple headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com. Via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. All sponsored by AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the cause of your pesky check engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. So we, I understand we have another trivia question for today. Yeah, we have a trivia question that uh, Mike Samter has come up for us. So we're going to ask the trivia question now. We'll answer it at the end of the segment. So... Here's Samter's trivia question. you have to question. read exactly how it's written. I'm not going to read this exactly how it's written. <laughs> oh, boy. Actually, I think you should have Samter read this because <laughs> you do not want these words to come out of your mouth. Yeah, Maggie. actually, it's AFC bad East. karma for me. You yeah. read it, Samter. Okay, hold on. I have to pull it up. I have it here. Hold <laughs> Always on. prepared. <laughs> hold on. Like Samter. Well, I wasn't planning on having to read it. <laughs> I had it memorized, but yeah, I'm going to read it read Here we go. You ready? Maggie is not allowed to read this. Go ahead. Okay, so my soon-to-be Super Bowl champion, Jets, 
traveled to crappy Foxborough this weekend, <laughs> hoping to snap a 13-game losing streak against Belichick's Patriots. Which team won the most consecutive games against a single opponent in NFL history? And a bonus, how many games was that streak? It's a good question. Hmm. All right, we'll think about that and mull it over a little bit, and we'll answer that at the end of the segment. Let's get to our buddy Aaron Rodgers. What the f*** is Aaron Rodgers up to today? Losing. That is what Aaron Rodgers is up to, well, yesterday. Uh, he was also asked about the fans, Perloff, who were booing. You could hear it came through pretty loud and clear on the broadcast last night on Amazon. Uh, what did he think about the fans booing? It's not often you get booed. It's like hearing those. Not you personally, but as, as, a, as a group. Um... Interesting. It's the best I can give you. That's the best you could give us? Hmm. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, I doubt that, buddy. I mean, this is a guy who will talk for an hour on McAfee show. So, so do, are we reading this into him getting angry at the Green Bay fans? I think he did not want to say something he was going to regret there. And I think, he, I think he probably wanted to say, you ungrateful... Bleeps, mm. I gave you, I've given you so many great memories. How dare you boo me now? That's what I think he wanted to say. Uh, that would be so thin skin, though. I mean, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a thin skin. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. It'd be another example of thin skin. Come on, everybody gets booed. Everybody gets booed. It's just everyone gets booed. It's a, yep. I don't know. Has New England ever booed a Tom Brady? Is there any exceptions? Oh, you know what? I, I wonder don't if, know they, if have. they have. Yeah, that might be the one exception. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Sam, can you just run out quick and ask Zach Gelb if they've ever booed Brady? It's a what Patriot are, I fan mean, there's only here. a few unbooable players. I assume the Lakers never booed Kobe, did they? I feel Stu? like that was a big love affair. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. I don't think so. I don't think, also, the, La- I don't think the Lakers fans boo too they much, They didn't boo do Magic they? or Shaq or Kareem either, probably. Maybe they Kareem. They booed Kobe after he forced Shaq out and they sucked for a couple years. Maybe. Maybe. Been a boo or two there. He's so popular or was uh, in L.A. He might have been boo-proof. Uh, Chicago probably did not boo Michael I Jordan. I bet they definitely did. never yeah. booed Michael Jordan. No. Duncan uh, with the Spurs, maybe? Definitely yeah. did not get booed. It's a <laughs> they, great point. By the <laughs> way, I don't think the Spurs fans booed anybody. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Minnesota, I don't think they ever booed Kevin Garnett either. Yeah, St. Louis <laughs> Cardinals have, don't even know what to boo. They haven't booed the other team. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul Goldschmidt wins the NL MVP. Um, I think that he doesn't want to, yeah, say something that he's going to regret. But I, I think he probably was, maybe it was a little hurt by it. I mean, they played terrible last night yeah. in the second half. Well, really in the fourth quarter, when you have the gift of an interception that Tannehill gives you, um, and you're not able to turn that into a first down, let alone points. I mean, it's disappointing. Well, I'm not going to sort of blame globally the offense. Something happened because he had a guy standing right in front of him 15 yards on the field, and he threw it four yards to the left. And it was the wind that bad? Like, I didn't no, realize I, it was a, you know, hurricane-level wind. Something broke down with Rodgers. I'm assuming the thumb is his mechanics. Because he was playing, you know, he had a pretty good night overall. Just that fourth quarter, he just couldn't straighten things out at all. Hey, Stu, can we hear the other Aaron Rodgers cup, please, about the wobbling, the wobblers that he threw? I'm not going to make excuses about my thumb. It's been the same since New York. I don't know. i got to go back and look at it. It felt like fundamentally I was, you know, in a good spot. But I just didn't have the same type of uh, consistent grip and, and ball coming out the same way. I threw a lot of kind of wobblers tonight. So just missed a few throws I should have had. 
also, I mean, so he's not going to make an excuse there with the thumb. The other part, too, is if the wind was that bad, well, then Ryan Tannehill is one of the best bad weather quarterbacks we've ever had. And I know that's not true because he had guys who were so wide open. Sometimes there wasn't a Packer like in the shot. Last night, I thought Ryan Tannehill was dropping dimes in between the Packers defenders. Well, some of them, I mean, the Austin Hooper yeah. touchdown, which was just like he like threaded it right in there. That yeah. was beautiful. Hey, by the way, how about that touchdown where the review judge came from in the sky somewhere and oh. overturned the call so that uh, Rabel didn't have to challenge? The way it should be. It's funny, too. The Titans gave up A.J. Brown, and you wouldn't think this is a team that could throw for 325 yards in a cold night at Lambeau. It really is a miracle. I don't, I'm very surprised by that outcome. But as I keep saying to Titans fans, they are 7-0 against losing teams. They are 0-3 against winning teams. Feels like we might be repeating some of last year. Um, well, also, weren't there a lot of those 0-3s at the beginning of the year, right? Kind of, yeah. yeah so they lost. still kind of getting their footing. But what is, what's different? I mean. Derrick Henry's running like I'm awesome. What's different for the time? Oh, 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 different. Um, From last year. Their defense is better? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what's different. All I know is that they sliced up the Packers secondary right. last night. So, and the fact that Aaron Rodgers, like, if he was dealing with the wind or the wobblers or whatever, Ryan Tannehill did not seem to have that issue at all. But I don't think people realize that they beat a very bad team last night. They beat a 4-7 and seven team who's really a 4-7 and seven yeah, team. Yeah, you're right. So I think the Titans are collecting these wins against inferior teams. They beat, The only team that had a 500 record they beat was Washington. So I still, I'm just a little worried. They look better now, but we did this last year. I'm worried that they're going to steamroll the rest of the AFC, going into the number one seed and go out in the second round. I'm sorry. I don't see a lot of people th- saying Titans are a Super Bowl contender. No, of course not. I think everyone respects the hell out of no, the they Titans. Th- they think it's the same thing as last year. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. I, I think it was this was a good win for them. No, Titans are back to what they do. I think Vrabel already had a lot of admirers. I think he's got even more now um, because of what he's done. And I don't think anyone thinks they have a prayer for the Super Bowl, though. I mean, listen, they won a game mm. when Malik Willis threw, like, four passes. <laughs> like, they're, this, it's a little smoke and mirrors. So, yeah, by the way, most of them are early season, but they did lose with Willis three weeks ago and made that a heck of a game. But they, it's just really Who hard. Who was that against? They got the Chiefs. All right, all right, of course, yeah. It's just That's real... the one where he threw four passes. Or, yeah. no, they won a game where he, won, where he threw four passes and they lost that Chiefs game. It's just really hard to tell with this Titans team. They, You know, if you just eyeballed last night's game, if you dropped in from outer space, you say, oh, my gosh, that's a Super Bowl contender. But why is it, if we all feel like there's something missing to take them to the next level. Like I don't know a lot of those receivers and who they are. Yeah, I mean, we know Traylon Burks, right, who looks yes. amazing. And Hooper, because he's been around for a long time. But you're a Bills fan. You're scared of everybody in the AFC, and I don't yeah. see you completely scared of the Titans. Oh, definitely scared of the Titans. I mean, the, <laughs> oh, the Bills already already beat them pretty soundly earlier in the year, but I feel like Derrick Henry is just, he's back into his midseason form now. He has been for weeks. He's scary. He's definitely scary. That doesn't translate. Tan- Tannehill doesn't scare me. Yeah, and ironically, Tannehill was even better than Henry, although Henry did throw a touchdown. That was pretty I know. sweet. That was the, the Tebow touchdown. Um, can I give you a small review of the LeBron simulcast from last night? Yes, please. Um, so I thought it was excellent. And on top of that, I thought it was much better than the Manning cast. And can I tell you Ooh. why? I know, it's a little blasphemy to stay. It was better than the Manning cast because everyone was in the same room. So mm. it was LeBron and Maverick Carter and I forgot his first name, Rivera. The his That's kind of like the shop crew. And then they would bring in Des Bryant. Then they brought in uh, Jalen Ramsey. And then they brought in Rob Lowe. All of them sitting there. T- I'm sorry, and J.B. Fox. 
all of them sitting there together. It cool. just made it so much better of a viewing experience. And I think it was just easier. You know how Peyton and Eli still, it's like you're on Zoom and the guest comes in like, hold on, hold on, we're going to a break. You know, it's, <laughs> some of it is like a little choppy still because they're not in the same room. Totally. Is he... Is it sort of got the chemistry or can you see it developing the chemistry that Peyton and Eli have? Chemistry is already there because you have LeBron and his best friend and his other best friend, Paul Rivera. Thank you. So you have LeBron and his two best friends. He and Maverick Carter are talking like you and I are talking right now. And then Jamie Foxx, I thought was going to steal the show. He actually did not. I was a little surprised by that. But Jalen Ramsey was amazing. Des Bryant was great. These guys were excellent. Rob Lowe didn't really add too much. But Jalen Ramsey had a couple of good ones. First of all, he's not like bowing at the altar of LeBron James when he was asked if he could shut down LeBron. He didn't hold back. What about if LeBron was in the league? So speaking of big dogs. LeBron had no chance. I ain't gonna lie to you, Brian, you, Brian, they be saying you red zone thing. Red zone. Brian, you would got scrapped. How do you, how do you, how do you defend Brian? Out of, out of three, I would have put them them paws on At the line? He didn't back down. And the other part, Jalen Ramsey said every locker room in the NFL has had this conversation that how, like, would LeBron be a good NFL player? And everyone says no. Just straight up saying that to LeBron's face. It was it was kind of refreshing. Yeah. Um, yeah he also I, called – sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I totally agree, by the way. I always thought that basketball players always think they can dominate on the football field and vice versa. Yeah. It never happened. T.O. is, like, the best basketball player – to ever play NFL football, and he scored four points a game in the CBA or something. So <laughs> it's really hard to translate between the two sports. Uh, okay, Jalen Ramsey also t- calling out LeBron for the fibs that he's been telling over the years. I think Coach McVay been looking at my playbook on Madden. Because <laughs> I put him, I play the dime coverage, and I put him on the inside. But then I hit the switch where I could just put on just a, a QB spy, and I just roam him all over the all over the field. So, so you, you been saw this, Bron. <laughs> you know what they say on Twitter, now, bro, you know what they saying on Twitter I'm right now? They say you be captain. You know, LeBron called Kobe's 81. LeBron was always, LeBron, you know, called everything in history. Well, now he's saying he knows what uh, the plays that Sean McVay's running. Of course he does. Yeah. So obviously. many different phrases. <laughs> Yes, from the Godfather that he's seen uh, six times. Uh, What's your favorite scene? Um, uh, I, um. um so many scenes. <laughs> uh, so that was really good. The other takeaway that I had from the LeBron simulcast, Des Bryant was excellent. Mm-hmm. Des Bryant also told the story about his draft. Remember mm. when the general manager from Miami Dolphins asked him a question about his mom? Remember that was oh. really inappropriate. Right, right, Do you remember right, right. the story? So yeah, totally. he said that his father uh, was, he said, what did your father do for a living? He said, my father was a pimp. He goes, well, what did your mother do? And, and he said, she worked for my father. And Jeff Ireland, the general manager at the time said, oh, was she a prostitute? And he was like, no, 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 no. And I went back to Jim Trotter's story from the time just to make sure I remember the details. And then Jeff Ireland got in a lot of trouble because you can't ask questions like that in that kind of setting or especially that way. And um, it became a huge story. So Des Bryant tells the story last night and he said that 
he was not like so offended by the question. He was just really taken aback. And so he told a mentor of his afterwards and that person took the story public. And then I was talking about this with my husband, like, has anyone told the Des Bryant story? Like his career in totality, the getting suspended from Oklahoma State because he lied about going to lunch with Deion Sanders to the draft, that story, and then his career. I mean, he's involved in one of the most famous controversial plays in the NFL. Like, has anyone given the definitive Des Bryant story? I don't think so. Because, like, we got a documentary about everything right now. Yeah, I mean, how far out is Des Bryant? Maybe a couple years since he played? Yeah. Maybe a little more time and we're ready to go. Would you watch that? No. <laughs> I, I was there for all that. <laughs> None of those stories have that. Well, yeah, that'd be okay. The problem is, don't we know all those? I don't know. I, I, I felt like I found it interesting to hear him tell it from his perspective with a little bit of time. Yeah. Do you think it could be a movie? Oh, more like a feature film? Yeah. Like Kurt Warner got one? Mm. Well. he need. You know what? He wouldn't need to win a Super Bowl to get that. That's what I think. I that's think that's, sort of, what that's the only knock on Des Bryant's story that it doesn't end up with well, a trophy. Well, to be a feature film, to be a documentary, just the true story is the story. Yeah. Anyway. But then again, you have to remember one thing about Des Bryant. Des Bryant never shied away from the camera while he was doing all this. It's not like he was a secret mystery hidden. Oh, I think there's a lot of footage. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I don't think he was uh, shy about his story or shy about anything when he was at Dallas. He was always very, very entertaining. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. I, I think people would watch if it was told in the, in the right way. Okay. Let's answer Samter's cr- trivia question here, which is because the Jets, in honor of the Jets going to Foxborough this weekend, the Jets have lost 13 straight I believe it's regular season games, right? Because this doesn't include the playoffs with the when Bart uh, said can't wait. So Bart Scott, that is. So which team has won the most consecutive games against a single opponent? And the bonus is how many games was the streak? Okay. I have a thought. I think that Samter could be trolling me here because I think the Bills lost a lot of straight games to the Patriots. Uh. But I, I think I would know if it was the record. I'd the like Bills to... did lose a lot of straight games to the Patriots. It is the third most of all time, 15 from 20, 2003 to 2010. Yeah. But it is not the most. And it's you guys wonder most. why Belichick lives run free in my head. It's only <laughs> third all-time streak uh, on the longest streaks. <sighs> I, can I go back to the wheelhouse from yesterday? Any chance it's one of Peyton Manning's Colts teams? No, but there is an interesting stat that the Peyton Manning Colts won 16 consecutive games against the AFC South. During his oh, heyday, okay. but that is a different stat that I saw somewhere else. Hmm, is this old? Can you give us a general time? Is this it old? is like, old, and it does actually involve one of you two. Oh, it's the Eagles. The Eagles, to or or it's the Bills, maybe. So, who would the Bills have lost all those games to? I already said the Patriots. It was a decade of my life. There's another decade of your life that you were not around for. Oh man. From 1970 Dolphins? to 1979, an entire decade, the Dolphins beat the Bills 20 consecutive times. <laughs> 20 straight for wow. the entire decade from 1970 to 79. No kidding. 2-0 every year for 10 years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> See, I have, dra- I have trauma that I don't even know about. <laughs> there are things I haven't even learned yet. Does that Don just... Shula live rent free in your head? <laughs> he did. Adam Larry Zonka? <laughs> Add him to the list. Yes, may he rest in peace. And just for, uh, and so the number was 20, and just for reference sake, the second most all-time 49ers over the Rams, 17 straight from 1990 to 98. Wow. 
Good trivia question, Samter. Nice job. Uh, okay, coming up, we will make our NFL picks, Maggie and Perloff style. Time for a CBS Sports update. Here's Rich. It's time to answer our Ask the Pros question today, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question is from Bill in New York City. Would you take $3 million for Aaron Judge's home final home run ball, or would you auction it off? Now, you're going to have to explain this to me, Maggie. Yeah. Because there's more to the story. Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros or tweeting it at cbssportsradio using the hashtag askthepros. So this dude has Aaron Judge's ball, and he did not sell it? Yeah, so it's the 62nd ball, right, that that he hit? So the 62nd home run that Aaron Judge hit that the guy caught, he was offered $3 million. I don't know who offered it to him, though. Was It It wouldn't have been the Yankees. I don't know if it was Aaron Judge. But the story was he got a $3 million offer. He turned it down, and now it's going to go to auction. He thinks he can get more. Wow, that's a big risk. <laughs> I think I would have taken the three mil. I'm really like a bird in the hand kind of person. I feel like these home run balls always end up losing a lot of value, especially this one, too. What if another guy, you better get rid of this. Shoe. Okay, yeah, he better auction off this offseason. What if someone hits 70 homers next year? All of a sudden... The value goes way down. Three million in your hand is pretty good to me. Yeah, I would have taken that as well. But Aaron uh, auction Judge, is on November 29th, so it's soon. Um, and wow. Aaron Judge won the MVP last night. Did I mention that? Yes, Paul Goldschmidt won on the National League. Uh, okay, we have to get to our NFL picks, Maggie and Perloff style. Now, how we do this is we do one pick against the spread. We pick one over under, and we do one player prop. Mike Samter, would you like to read the records? You guys have both actually done very well of late. Perloff is 9-6 and six over his last five weeks nice. for a 14-16 and 16 record overall. He's getting close to that 500 mark, and I see him getting above it this week. Maggie, on the other hand, 21-9 and nine overall in the season, 13-2 and two over the last five weeks, including wow. three out of five weeks going 3-0. and oh. Wow. Money. Pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm going to listen to I might be on the biggest heater of my life. However, I feel completely not confident about this week. 3-0. No, no. Last week, I felt pretty (laughs) good about it. This week, like, nothing's speaking to me this week. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to, like, watching the games. But, like, from a betting perspective, I'm not really getting much. So that's my disclaimer for this week. So even though I'm on a heater, I do not uh, just be careful with these. Um, Okay. First one against the spread, Perloff. You want to go first? I like Stu's Raiders. Oh. Plus three. I was going to take that one. I'll take a different one. Go Plus ahead. three against the Broncos. I just, it feels like a easy bet to go against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I saw, I, I'm the only person who watched that Titans game last week. Mm-hmm. They, you really watch the Broncos. You will not know who these guys are. Trust me. <laughs> it is a XFL team at best. So I think that's an easy one. I know the Raiders are, by the way, <laughs> not exactly. Not any better, but. Not exactly the Tom Brady Patriots. No, they're not good, <laughs> but Josh McDaniels can't be that bad. Kenny, Maggie, don't answer that question. <laughs> I mean, you want to know from me? Um, okay, I was going to take that one. So, Stu, both of us feeling a little confident in your Raiders. Okay. Um, instead, I'm going to go to the game in New England. I hate to do it, Samter. I know 13, maybe the uh, maybe the Jets are due for a win here. But Belichick confused Zach Wilson last time, baited him into three interceptions. I know the Jets actually probably should have won that game. The pick six that got called back was atrocious. I mean, you're not getting any better calls going to Foxborough. And the fact is, is Belichick is really good against young quarterbacks. Do you want to talk me out of it? 
What's the number? Three and a half. It was three earlier in the week. Everyone bet New England. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think the Jets are are a significantly better team than the Patriots, but to go on the, fo- uh, on the road in Foxborough, and there's just some spell that Belichick has over Jets quarterbacks, whether it's the butt fumble with Sanchez or seeing ghosts with Darnold, there's just something that he has. So, like, while I want to bet against that, uh, it's it's hard to to give you any grief at the, at the minus, three, minus three and a half at home. I've so. just seen it too much. There's some weird stat about, like, <laughs> Belichick without Brady coming off of bye weeks that's not very encouraging for this bet. Apparently, it's like one and th- one and two or one and three. Mm. But uh, one and two. So I, I heard a good line about Belichick and the Patriots this year from our buddy Ben Solak at the Ringer. He yeah. said they're built to win the Big Ten East. <laughs> they are not an NFL team. They're built to win a slow, low-scoring, yeah. boring yeah. game. Kind of the Jets are, too. Which basically the Jets can run the ball and throw picks. So that's basically them. Uh, so I'm going to take the Patriots, and I'm going to lay the three and a half. Okay, uh, over, under, okay. off. what do you have? I am so sick of going under. I know unders are covering, but I do not understand. Maybe you guys can help me out here. Bears-Falcons is 49 and a half. I was I know, looking at that one. Oh, my God, oh, you and I are sharing a brain I today. I think Justin Fields, I'm not saying he's not great, but I think he comes down to earth a little bit. I think Atlanta loves to run the ball. I got to go under there, although I, I could also see this game going hog wild. I don't know what to make of this game, but I, I feel pretty good about the under. Uh, okay, I'm also going to take an under, and I realize that uh, – Man, I, I'm telling you, I do not feel good about any of these games. Have I said that? How many times have I said that? Just <laughs> I want everyone to make sure. Uh, I, I'm i going to take the under on the Commanders going to the Houston Texans. This is also the only reason I'll be watching I, this game. I looked at that one, too. So 41, and I'm going to take the under. I'm like, are these two teams getting a 41? I, mean, I don't I know. Like Taylor Heineke kind of failed himself. Running. It's going to be, yeah. I, who's not going to run the ball on that team? <laughs> Um, what about your boy Davis Mills, Sam? Do you I think mean, he's going to go off here? <laughs> oh, I, the, the he abandoned have Davis Mills off that long wagon ago. And I've, I've walked the other direction. Um, so that's 41 for me. So I'll take the under and the commanders and the Texans. Finally, our player prop, Perloff. What are you doing? All right. Can you go first? I'm, I'm still choosing. Still processing? A, I'm still choosing between <laughs> a couple that I like. Okay, I'll go first. I'm going to take Najee Harris under 47 and a half yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, excuse me, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um... The weather's fine. It's going to be freezing. The weather's fine. I'm expecting that the Cincinnati defense is going to have to pick things up. I mean, this is Cincinnati's got to come in here. I know there's no Jamar Chase, but I mean, enough messing around. Like, are you a playoff team or are you not? Um, I don't know. I, I look at Najee Harris's numbers. I know he's coming off a 99 yard or 90 yard game or whatever last week against the Saints. But overall, he's barely hit this total uh, through the season. So 47 and a half, I'm going to take the under. Okay. I This is pure sentiment, and I'm obviously going to lose this one. <laughs> Daniel Jones, over 34 and a half rushing yards against the Lions. That's I a just, good one. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like he should be able to throw the ball against the Lions. That being said, the Vanilla Vic clip from Saquon Barkley <laughs> got me so fired up. And just the interactions between those two guys. I watched a fuller set of clips. They are hard to root against. I'm sorry. I'm no, not. A, I'm an Eagles fan, apologize. so I'm not a Giants fan. Yeah. But Saquon and Daniel Jones, I have no idea where they're going. I don't know if they're any good, but I'm kind of into it. So I'm going to go 34 and a half yards rushing for Daniel Jones. And, you know, his passing prop is only 188 yards. I think it's supposed to be really windy. Uh, uh, Detroit. Uh, 
I feel like you could 188 is no, pretty Detroit low. Detroit has a his, is a historically bad defense. Somehow they baited Aaron Rodgers into three picks, but it's well, a historically bad. I defense. like that win for my prop here. So now I feel better. Thank you, Maggie. No problem. Um, if you're not sure what we're talking about, here was Saquon Barkley talking about Daniel Jones. If I break a long one, I better see Vanilla Vic down there. Uh, I got you. It's, it's such a good name. <laughs> How long do you think they've had that for him? Because he's been running the ball since his rookie year. And tripping. By the way, you know what yeah, Saquon? Saquon's prop is ninety-three and a half yards. That's a Good lot of grief. yards. <laughs> that's a lot of yards. He's yeah, averaging one hundred and four yards Saquon. a game or something. So that it feels like a high number, but he's been killing yeah. it. No, I don't want to go under on it either. I just want to stay away from that because it is a pretty high number. Man, we were looking like uh, Mina Kimes did this on Twitter, and it got us thinking about it. Where on this website called Pro Football Reference. If you work in sports, you know about all these websites. There's one called Pro Football Reference. The other is Baseball Reference, Basketball Reference. There's Hockey Reference. It's College Football Reference. It's a great resource for people who do stuff like we do and get numbers on guys. And on every single individual page for each player, they have all their statistics, like their height, weight, where they were drafted. It's like a cheat sheet for people who work in the media. But they also have the nickname (laughs) for the person. And I didn't realize this until Mina tweeted about it, that some of these nicknames are so off. Like, we've never heard of <laughs> any of these nicknames. I don't know how they landed on Pro Football Wrestling. Has anyone ever heard of Dak Prescott be referred to as the Fortress? Nope. Nope. Does Dak even have a nickname? Dak's the <laughs> oh, nickname. Oh, I know some of these. A.J. Brown is swole Batman. Because Jason Kelsey said that every Eagles player has a Batman. So, <laughs> uh, you guys remember that? I don't know if you heard that clip. So, yeah, everyone's got a different Batman. Okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo was Prince Aladdin? I could totally see that. (laughs) But that's not a thing. Why is it on? This is uh, websites that are supposed to be accurate. Why is Jared Goff Mr. Perfect? Because he looks like Ted DiBiase? I don't understand. Or, can help me out on this. Does he look like the guy from The Watchmen? Why is Russell Wilson the asterisk? Asterisks? Oh, because they won the Super Bowl and it wasn't because of him? Joe Burrow's Joe Shiesty? Okay. Thank you, Sam Dirt Stew. We'll see you Monday.